0: Welcome to the Pomona Christian Church podcast. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at pomonachristian.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. Well, we just got back uh, from vacation in Florida, and one thing it reminded me, we're going to talk about Noah and the flood, and I saw all the water, and you know, that's that's a lot of water, but I can't imagine the amount of water there was in the flood. So a little heads up, we've got these sheets that say sermon notes that some of the kids have. I think all the clipboards were taken, but if somebody still wants the paper, there are some in the lobby, and you're free to go get those, but they'll have little Notes that will help you follow us. I tried to craft a message for ages six through one hundred years old. You know, it's it's a broad range, but that's what we're going for uh, today. But I think we can all think of heroes that we had growing up, and maybe it depends on the situation and the context of how we were asked. If we were asked who our hero was, it, at some points it might be a parent or a grandparent, or maybe if it's in a certain area of life. Uh, it might be another person. I know for me, growing up, it was Michael Jordan. You know, even though I was a, a, you know, I wasn't tall in elementary school either when Michael Jordan was drafted. But, you know… I could have a big imagination. You know, I thought, you know what, I could be like Mike. That was the commercial. And I could jump for a short guy, but that's about it. But somehow I believed, you know, there, there is a little contrast between me and Michael Jordan, uh, I will admit, but somehow I believed that, boy, I could just become... Like Michael Jordan. So watching him and what he did, I would try to emulate that, and it took me a long time to be able to dunk the basketball. But finally, later, I could. And I just want to tell you young people, you're growing up, you're not going to remember uh, this guy they call LeBron James, who gave himself his own nickname, or you're too young to have seen Michael Jordan, and so there's going to be a debate. Who is the better player? And I'll just tell you, it's not even close. Michael Jordan, Easily, easily. <laughs> We've got some protests. Controversy in church. But no, as the official pastor. I have to say, Michael Jordan will land there. And, and so you wonder about maybe in a line of work, people have different people that do what they do and they kind of idolize what they do. And I wonder if zookeepers, you know, people who, who manage zoos, probably Noah is their hero. Like this is the guy who built the first zoo but he just didn't have some animals he had all the animals and and this ark didn't just you know the zoo wasn't located it floated i mean the biggest zoo ever with all the animals and it floated noah had to be the hero has to be a hero to zookeepers and in hebrews chapter 11 it's kind of the hall of fame of faith where it lists all these great examples these heroes of faith and one listed in there is Noah. And in Hebrews 11, it says in verse 7, By faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith he contemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So what that is saying, Noah, because he trusted God, he did what God said. God warned him about the flood that was coming and told him to build a boat. He was warned, and Noah, in faith, oddly feared. He believed what God said was going to come. He feared God and feared the flood that was coming, so he obeyed, and he built the ark. But even more important than that, he set an example of how we are made right with God by trusting in Him by faith. But here's the thing about Noah. Usually when you look at superheroes... They have some special ability that nobody else has. They're either super strong. They can fly. That's what makes them special. Like Spider-Man. You know, he was bit by a spider. Most people get webs or they get some horrible wound when they're bit by a spider. Not Peter Parker. You know, he gets super strength because he was built and the ability to sling webs. That will never happen for anybody else who is bit by a spider. But here's the thing about Noah. Noah is just like us. It doesn't list any special abilities. He, wasn't, he may not have even been a carpenter when he was told to build the ark. But here's what Noah did have that nobody else had in his time, that he trusted God fully and was obedient in a time nobody else was. But here's the thing about that. The reason he's listed as, a, as an example of faith is because we can do that too. And that's the kind of faith we need to have. So in Genesis 6, it records the account of Noah and the flood, and it says in verse 5, When the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that He had made man on the earth and was deeply grieved. The Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth, together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. So everywhere God looked with humans and with people, he said all they thought about was doing the wrong thing. They didn't care what God wanted them to do. They didn't want to do right. And he was ready just to scrap the whole thing, but he sees one person that found favor with him because he was obedient, and that's Noah. And then it says in verse 9, these are the family records of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God, and that meant he obeyed God. He had a good relationship with God. He tried to do what God wanted him to do. It says, and Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So God is grieved to the very core. He gave man kind, the ability to choose to follow Him or to not follow Him, and society and people decided to follow what they want to do, all except for one man. And if we look at our world today, I think we'll see that that's the tendency. Every 10 years, you can see a big difference, and there's a greater and greater rejection of God as we go. There's a greater and greater rejection of how He wants us to live And there's the embracing of things in ways that God doesn't want us to live. But in all that wickedness in that time, God found one man, a man named Noah. And so one thing we learn in this is when you think you don't count, when you think you're insignificant, when you think you don't matter, there's more to life and what we do than what we see that Noah might have felt like that, that he was the only one. He might have thought it doesn't matter that he follows God. It doesn't matter that he obeys, even though he's doing it and he's faithful. But because of him, that's why the rest of what happens in Scripture happens, because of Noah's faithfulness and God using Noah. And God is still wanting to use us in a sinful world to be obedient, to be an example, even if nobody follows our example, even if nobody responds, even if we don't feel like we're making a difference. And you won't find any greater purpose and meaning in life than fully living out your relationship with God in obedience to Him. I think that's why mankind tends to To go away from God because they think, well, I'll find contentment and they don't, and they find some other behavior or some other thing they can do and they don't find it there, and so they just do more and more that goes against God, thinking that following God will find no contentment when that's where it's actually found. But in using Noah, God gives him some jobs. The first is to build a boat. Now, like I said, we don't know if Noah was even a carpenter, but God gives him a description, tells him how to build the ark, what to build it out of, and he's got to build this boat. And this is quite a job. This boat is going to be 500 feet long. That's a football field and a half long. It's going to be 50 foot tall and 75 feet wide. He's got to build this huge, huge boat. The second is this. He's got to fill it with animals. And sometimes people say, well, how many animals did Moses bring on the ark? How many? Yes, I heard Moses. People caught it. It's an old joke. But if you get it, if it is Noah, it's two, but it's two of every animal, but seven of every clean animal, two of the unclean. Now, why seven of the clean? Well, they had to bring some clean animals for food, and even when they landed, they had to have some for food. So most of the animals were, people will look at that and say, well, how could you fit every animal that that was alive on the earth at that time? Well, you don't have to bring adult animals. You can bring the small baby or the young animals. The size of most uh, land animals are smaller than sheep on average. And so they say you can fit 240 sheep in a double-decker train car, and the ark would hold 570 railroad cars. So some have estimated that even 50% of the ark's capacity could hold the animals based on those numbers. That was a huge space that they would have fit. But fortunately, God sent the animals. Noah didn't have to round them all up himself. So that was the second thing to build it to God's instructions and to fill it with animals. The second, the third one was this, to preach and to warn the people around them. We learn this about Noah in the New Testament. It says in 2 Peter 2 verse 5, it describes Noah as a preacher of righteousness. So as Noah knows this flood is coming and as he's building the boat, it's not with this attitude that he doesn't care about those around him. I'm sure Noah liked the people around him even though they were doing things that weren't right. And so he probably warned them of what was coming, but they didn't listen. He tried to warn them. He tried to save them, but they wouldn't listen. And then the fourth thing he had to do was when the rain came, he had to get out of the way and let God shut the door. Now, it's interesting. If you get into the account, you'll see that God shuts the door, not Noah. And it's interesting because it, I, I don't know that any person, a man like Noah, with any ounce of compassion as people are there in the water wanting in as the flood comes, could shut the door themselves That and or was qualified. Uh, only God who is perfect and, and knew what needed to happen could shut the door. And it's a reminder for us that there is a day coming, that Scripture, when it talks about Noah, reminds us that... It says God would never flood the earth again, and that's what the rainbow sign is a reminder of. It's a reminder that God would never flood the earth again in His promise, but it should also remind us that He said there is a time when He will judge the world, and He will make all things new. But to be saved, we don't get into a boat to be delivered from a flood, But He sent Jesus to be our ark, that Jesus died on the cross, that He rose again, and that by trusting in Him, that's our ark that that prepares us for the kingdom of heaven, for the time that makes all things new. And that's what the ark represents, is Jesus saving us from our sin. In Luke 17, Jesus described it this way. He says, just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People went on eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And that's what Jesus is saying. There is a time coming for judgment, and life will be like normal. Sometimes people have a picture, they know everything that's going to happen, and these steps and these steps. But Jesus says it's going to seem pretty normal, that people are going to be getting married, life's going to be going on as normal, and it will happen suddenly. So Noah got out of the way. And what this should remind us of is that you matter. The life you live matters, even if you don't feel like you're making a difference, even if people even mock what you do or what you believe. You matter, and it makes a difference. I think it's easy in our world today and in our culture. It feels like maybe we don't make a difference, that people aren't listening that if you do speak up for truth, if you do say something that's right, you'll get canceled or some social media site might say that this is offensive. And then if somebody says something that's a lie but it, and it offends people who believe in truth, it doesn't matter if you offend them, it's who you offend. It, it just feels like living a right life and truth really don't matter. But as we see in Noah's day, it did matter. And that's what made Noah's life significant. So Noah's an ordinary man, but he was faithful and obedient in a sinful world. I'm sure Noah on social media and in the media and the news would have been mocked repeatedly. But when we're faithful, that's when our life makes a difference. So here's the two things I want us to take away from this message, and you can write these down on that thing, that what are we learning about God from this passage? And the first is this: put your faith in God's purpose. God has a purpose for why He created us, why He sent Jesus and why we're here. Noah had faith in God's purpose. He didn't know specifically what it was before he was told to build the ark, but he knew to live faithfully for God. As he was doing that, God gave him the purpose to build the ark. Now think about this. We don't know where Noah was. I think it's highly likely that where Noah was, there was no water anywhere around. So can you imagine there's this guy building this massive boat, nowhere near any water, and so everybody already thought he was different because he was, and now he's building this boat, and he's trying to warn them, and they had to think this guy was crazy. And he continued to build and continued to try to tell people, even though there were no responses to his message or to his preaching. Years and years and years and years of work with no reward, but he still remained faithful. That's the first one. Put your faith in God's promises. Noah didn't see how all the pieces would come together. And he didn't see beyond how his faithfulness would lead to the Israelites who would lead to Jesus who could save all people, which is probably what Noah would want and what we would all want, and how his faithfulness even in that would lead to Jesus. And here's the second one. And this may have the on the sheet that says, words you heard but don't know. Put your faith in God's providence. Put your faith in God's providence. And what providence means is how God provides for us, how God provides. That's why it's providence. In Genesis six eleven, it says, Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its way on the earth. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them along with the earth. So here's how Noah put his trust in what God was going to provide. One, he obeyed God during evil times. Here we see the entire world. We know little about the world in Noah's time. One, because there was this very large flood in his lifetime that kind of wiped out all the records. We don't know much about it, but we do know that it was wicked. But we do also know that he trusted God and that God, he trusted that God knew best even when no one else did. He trusted that God would provide, that God, through his instructions, provided a way out of the flood. And more and more, we can see that the world separates from the truth and the principles laid out in God's Word. And it's tempting for believers or churches to try to be accepted or to not stand out too much to try to find ways to fit in with the world and change Scripture. But that's not what Noah did. Noah just faithfully followed what God said to do. And that's also why it's important to surround ourselves with others who are trying to be obedient to God. That's why our youth ministry programs matter so much, and it helps to be involved in a small group or a Sunday school. That's why it's important we come together. And worship. It's why things like camp, where we can come together to learn God's word together and be faithful, because we give each other strength. That's an amazing thing about Noah, uh, that he did it uh, on his own. And here's another way he trusted God's providence. He trusted that God would protect him. It says in 2 Peter 2, using Noah as one example, he says, And if he didn't spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others when he brought the flood on the world of the ungodly. And then it goes in verse 9 to say, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous for punishment for the day of judgment. So what they say, if He knows how to rescue us from the judgment and to keep the unfaithful ready to face their punishment… Then we can trust in God's protection. And I'm sure when Noah was building their ark, that if the earth was the way that it was described, that there were a lot of people who would be willing to kill Noah, who would be willing to destroy the ark, who would be willing to do bad things. But God protected him because scripture promises that God will rescue us if we are in his will and it's something he needs to happen. That doesn't mean nothing bad happens or people don't die for their faith, but he had to build this ark. He had that job and God protected him. And notice that's what Jesus said for us in life is to seek first God's righteousness, his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. It's talking about his providence when we seek his will first. See, God had a plan for the flood. And ultimately it's because of that that we knew God and could have a relationship because he had a plan to bring about Jesus and that Jesus would die on the cross, that he would raise again so that we could be saved. And then in that he has a plan for every one of us. For more information about the Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at pomonachristian.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Mona Christian.